Welcome to the Walking in Purpose podcast, where we teach you how to discover your God or in purpose for your life and relationships. And I'm your host, Afoke Wonsuzu. So let's get down to it. Hello, fam. Hope you guys are blessed and doing great. Uh, can you guys believe it? It is November in just two weeks. Like, can you believe it? The year is almost ended. Like, time really does go by fast. But in all, I am grateful to God for all that he has done in my life and also for this podcasting journey. It has been a journey of faith and God just keeps making it better as we journey along together. And I'm also grateful to God for you guys for always tuning in to listen and to hear the word of God and to journey on with us. Really grateful for you guys for that. And also for all the blessings and also the trials. Yes, because God has equipped us. He has equipped you with all that you need to win at life. And I know that you will come out of every storm standing firm because you are properly clothed, clothed with the full armor of God, like we discussed in episode 29. So what are you grateful for? For me, I am most grateful for the gift of life, something that we tend to, you know, take for granted sometimes. You know, there are people who came into 2019 with us, but sadly, they didn't make it this far. But God has blessed us with this gift of life and keeps blessing us. Isn't that something to be grateful for? You know, like we have to be grateful and have an attitude for gratitude or attitude of gratitude, not for gratitude. And I'm also grateful for my amazing husband as well and my family too. Uh, But anyhow, enough with the gratitude. Uh, Let's dive right into the message for today. And so I want you to imagine that you get a package from the postal service for something that you ordered, let's say, and the order has arrived. It It gets delivered to your door. Uh, the postman or postwoman rings the bell, you sign for the package and you receive the package, right? But have you also noticed that it doesn't matter who answers the door because anyone that answers can sign for that package. And since anyone can sign for that package, that package is assumed to be yours. Likewise, in your own life, what package has the enemy sent into your life that you may have signed for unknowingly? Be it depression, living the wrong lifestyle because of the wrong people around you, wrong habits and the likes. What have you signed up for wrongly? That is my question for you today. And as I go along in this message, I want you to do um, a quick assessment of your life, marriage, relationships, and begin to identify what you may have signed up for wrongly, either by the way you speak, the way you act, or the way you handle situations. Because once you become aware of these things that you know, then you can start making changes and send those wrong things back to sender. They have to be returned back to sender because anything that is not of God in your life, it's simple. It needs to be sent back to the sender. Amen? Amen. And so let's look at Matthew 17, verse 20. It says here that uh, Jesus says, actually, uh, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. OK, so what mountain what mountains in your life need to go? I know when mountains are mentioned, we seem to always uh, think of limitations or our material blessings. But do you know that a different form uh, of mountains in your life? Could, be, could also be the type that you created based on the negative words that come out of your own mouth when you speak. 
Because when you say things like, I am depressed, I am suicidal, I am going to have a disease my family always has, I am going to end up badly like my parents because all the men or women in my family end up that way. I am going to have a dysfunctional family because that was your childhood. I am going to remain single because it hasn't happened yet and all my friends have left me behind and the list of I ams continue. Do you realize that when you keep saying I am to all these wrong things, that you are also signing up for them and owning them? That is, you've taken full ownership and showing up to be those negative things coming out of your mouth. But they all need to return back to sender because they are not of God. And the only way to return these wrong thoughts and words is to, excuse me, The only way to return these wrong thoughts and words is to refuse ownership of them. Okay, because your body is a temple of Christ. You've been made a new creation. All things have passed away and everything has been made new. And that's from 2 Corinthians 5 or 17. And the way to give up ownership is to change your words and change your way of thinking. Because the more you speak these wrong words out of your mouth, the more you reject the truth about, you know, about you being a new creation in Christ. Because if Christ has made you new in him, then what is not found in Christ cannot be found in you. And if Christ is not depressed, then you cannot be depressed. If Christ is not suicidal, then you cannot be. You only become these things when you take ownership by the words that you speak out of your mouth. Okay, so let's look at Ephesians uh, 4 verse 29. To 32. Okay, because it explains very beautifully why you should watch the words you speak. So 29, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Okay, so when you actually say the wrong things in your life and you refuse to let go of anger, rage, bitterness, you're actually grieving the Holy Spirit and rejecting his presence in your life. And when the Holy Spirit is pushed out of your body, which is the temple of Christ, that seal is gone. And you open up yourself to become a place where negativity dwells. And you start juggling with words sent from the enemy to bring destruction upon your own self. So what is a seal? You know, a seal seal is something that joins two things together to prevent them from coming apart or to prevent anything from passing between them. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. And if you keep speaking the wrong words, you are breaking the seal that binds you to Christ and keeps you protected in him. And also by by speaking the wrong, wrong words, you are distancing yourself from the blessings God has promised you. And when this happens, your faith is just depleted. And you begin speaking negative words that creates negativity in your own in your own life. So stop saying my depression. 
Okay, stop saying my depression and send that wrong thing back to the sender. Send it back to the enemy. It is not your sickness. It is not your misfortune. Rather, start confessing life-giving words from the living word of God. Because when your faith is active and it's activated, your faith turns the word of God into the power of God. I'll take that again because when your faith is activated, Okay, your faith turns the word of God into the power of God. And that power begins to manifest as signs and wonders in your life. Okay, so watch your words because your tongue has the power of life and death. So choose life, speak life and watch things come alive in your own life. God wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind today or by the renovating of your mind, like my husband puts it. Because only then can you test and approve what God's will is for you. And only then can you operate in faith and remain sealed in Christ. And you can look up this verse if you want to. It's from uh, Romans 12 verse 2. So I don't know if if, if um, <clears throat> any one of you is going through this, but I feel pushed by this Holy Spirit to say this. So I don't know if you're hearing voices in your head telling you that you are good for nothing, that you are a bad mom or a bad wife or a bad person. You know, I don't know if you're hearing these voices, but if you are, you need to send those voices out and you declare the word of God over your life. Okay, because God wants to transform you today and give you a newly renovated mind so that whenever you are confronted with the voices in your head, you can say my body is a temple of Christ and anything that is not of God cannot be found in me. So out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Because if those wrong voices in your head be it depression, suicidal thoughts, if all these things and the likes are mountains, how can you whisper to them if you're trying to get them to clear your path? You have to be bold and shout them out because your body is not the temple of depression or confusion or strange voices. It is a temple of God. You see, even Jesus in John chapter 11, when he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, when he was told that Lazarus was dead, he said, Lazarus is sleeping and he was going to wake him up. Now, why will our savior, Jesus Christ, say Lazarus was sleeping when our guy was really dead? Because he was going to send death back to sender and restore new life in Lazarus. And when that tombstone was moved away, Jesus gave thanks. And then he shouted as loudly as he could, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came back to life right away out of the tomb. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. So stop taking ownership of the voices in your head. Stop taking ownership of depression and send it back to sender. It has no place in you. Send it back to sender with a loud shout, backed up with the word of God, just like Jesus did. Because you cannot conquer or defeat a mountain by whispering to it. You need to shout. Okay, so you can't be gentle with all these attacks from the enemy. When these strange voices, you know, start speaking, when depression tries to torment you, that is your cue to fix your helmet of salvation like we discussed in episode 29 and you send the enemy's attacks back to sender and then tighten your seal, which is the Holy Spirit, by confessing words of faith that turn the word of God over your life. 
into the power of God in your life. No devil, you cannot have me. You cannot have my mind. You cannot have my mental health because all of me belongs to God. Because remember, your body is a temple of God. So don't be scared of being alone if you probably feel that way because you used to get depressed or hear voices in your head. No, don't be scared of being alone with your awesome self. Don't be scared of being alone with your thoughts for fear of what might come into your mind. They're all strategies of the enemy to keep you unhinged and unbalanced. Don't feel like you must run to different places because you feel you get depressed when you're by yourself. No, the enemy is using that to keep you from enjoying your own company because the enemy knows when you enjoy your company and you stay still in mind, spirit, body, soul, in the presence of God, that you begin to discover all that God says about you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So look depression in the face and by faith, speak those creative words, words of life. And as you speak, see God move, see the Holy Spirit moving to do great and mighty things in your life. My body is not a temple of, de of depression. My body is the temple of God. If it can't be found in Jesus, it cannot be found in me. Simple, okay? Not a temple of depression. I will not have any of that. That's how I, you know, I, uh, I approach my own life and speak in my own life. And that's why I'm sharing that with you today, okay? So you say my body is a temple of God, not a temple of depression and evil thoughts I send you back to sender and you use your breastplate of righteousness to shield yourself like we discussed in episode 29, your helmet of salvation to shield your mind and you send the enemy's fiery arrows back to sender, okay? Because it just has no place in your life. The devil is a liar and will always remain a liar. I stand on the truth of God's word and supercharge your faith. Okay, so you have to have that mindset and tell yourself you stand on the truth of God's word. Whose report are you going to believe? The ones in your head or the one from God? So stand on the truth of God's word. Supercharge your faith with the word and supercharge your life. The enemy will continue to make a mess of you until you are able to fight back using the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, how does this look like? So that you know, like, yeah, Africa, uh, easier said than done. But the truth is, it is actually easy. And it starts with renewing your mind, like I said previously, or renovating your mind. Um, so let me show you what it looks like in my life. Okay, I'm going to share with you a very personal story. <laughs> You're taking me way back now. But um, the first time I experienced depression was the last time I did. Okay, because the Holy Spirit really opened up my eyes to see, like I'm doing with this message with you today that it is not of God and should be sent out and sent back to the sender. So my first um, experience with depression was about 12 years ago in 2007, when I had recently just come to Canada for university. It was a new environment for me and, you know, and all. But shortly after I arrived, I realized I was very depressed in my first year in Canada. Why was that though? Um, it was mainly because I had just lost my dad that time, just before I arrived, I lost my dad, but I had to come for school. And my dad and I, we were really, really close. Trust me, we were. So I was very depressed, you know, that he wasn't, that he wasn't, you know, here anymore. And just nothing made sense anymore. Like 
that is gone. You know, you know how you feel like some things can never happen to you, but then it does. And it's like, what do you do with yourself? You know? So I was in that space at that time. I was very, very, very depressed. And also I was fairly young at the time. I think about 17, 18, if I'm doing that math correctly, I was about 17, 18 years old. And it was hard being away from family and also being around people who weren't, you know, friendly. I tried making friends and then where the Canadian students just, just weren't all that nice, at least the ones that were around me then. And probably didn't want to be friends with an African girl. I don't know. I didn't, I, I have, I have no idea. But at that time, 12 years ago, everything about this new country, Canada was very depressing to me, given the life trauma that I had just experienced at a fairly young age. And I'd carried on with smiling and being depressed for the whole semester year, that is fall and winter semester, September till April, and then a little bit, bit into the summer, which meant in my first year, I was failing terribly because of the depression. I couldn't study. I couldn't focus. My grades in school were like really bad, very low. My GPA was like, I think, uh, a 1.3, if not lower. It was really bad, trust me. Um, so it was like 1.3 or so out of a point. GPA grading system. Like the registrar's office uh, had to send me a warning letter to decide, you know, just to warn me to decide if I wanted to stay in school or not, because my grades were <laughs> really bad. And my mom was paying all this money, you know, for me to go to school, yet I was failing. I had no idea of the resources that were available to me to speak with a counselor about this depression because I was really hurting. And even if I did, no, I feel like I wouldn't have gone to see someone to talk about it because in Africa, <laughs> they make it seem like it is a taboo to get depressed or experience depression and that it can never happen. So that, so, you know, like if it happens to you, then it means like something is wrong with you, you know? So it was never spoken of because of that reason. And that in itself that I was experiencing depression made me even more depressed at the time, you know, but then being depressed made me understand that it can happen to anybody, whether you're white black, brown, purple, and even as an African and a Christian too. But what I also understood was that depression cannot have me because I hated the feeling. It was draining and sucking the life out of me, making me want to have suicidal thoughts, which made me you know, feel even worse, you know, because I'm like, where are all these things coming from? Because the truth was being depressed wasn't going to bring my dad back. And also my dad wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted me depressed. He would have wanted me happy and thriving. So I managed to pick myself up with the help of God and said I was tired of being depressed and failing. And I, and I decided to give Jesus a try because I had grown up with this Jesus all my life, but I never really understood the whole Christianity thing at that time. But I was like, Jesus, I am ready to understand now. God, I have no earthly father, but you are now all I have got. You are my only father now. And I am going to rededicate my life to you and live for you because there has to be hope. There just has to be. And I can't afford to fill my dad, even though he had passed away, my mom and people rooting for me back home in Africa. So I decided to walk with God and dedicate my life to him and pray that he will order my steps and set me on the right path to give me a renewed mind, a fresh look on life and give me strategies to win in school because I refused to fail. I really teamed up with the Holy Spirit. And he became my best friend. But I also understood, okay, from walking with the Holy Spirit, that depression can happen because it is an attack from the enemy and it needs to be sent back to the sender. 
Okay, so no more will I sign for this parcel or package of depression and own it. No devil, come and take it back. Like they say in Nigeria, come and take your depression. I don't want it. You can have it and send it back. So I made the Holy Spirit my best friend and he helped me so much, helped me heal and made me understand it was okay to hurt because I lost my dad, but not okay to remain hurt because I'll end up hurting myself. The Holy Spirit showed me strategies on how to win and do really well in school then. You know, I think um, Google at that time wasn't too popular. So everything I learned was raw in the presence of God because I, I didn't have any other resources. You know, I was very naive back then, new country, not sure what was around me. But anyways, you know, the Holy Spirit really helped me. And that's when my, my, my walk with God really started. And that decision to walk with God has led me here and has led me to walking in my purpose, okay? And the Holy Spirit showed me strategies, like I said, and tactics to pass in school. I implemented them, of course. And in my first semester of my second year in university, um, after I had that, you know, short time with the Holy Spirit to re-strategize and go ready for the second year to, you know, go there and win, um, I went from, thankfully, I went from like a 1.3 GPA to a 3.7 GPA, like an almost four GPA. And I was like, yes, <laughs> And that's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. Whatever it is that, you know, the enemy may have tried to keep you away from, you know, in the presence of God, there is victory, there are solutions, there is everything, you know. And of course, I had to put in the required work. It's not magic, okay? But I worked strategically with what the Holy Spirit gave to me. And after my first semester, uh, the registrar reached out to me to ask, how did I do it? You know, and to keep doing whatever I was doing to pass because they did not understand how I was able to increase my GPA in such a short time. And that's when I came to understand the Holy Spirit is a person with whom I have been sealed with Christ. And whatever negative thoughts come into my mind to take my, my, to, sorry, to take my eyes off of my beautiful life meant the seal must be broken. And I'm like, nah, get your seal intact, girl. Okay, and I'm telling that to you too. Get your seal intact, girl. Get your, your seal intact, brother. Okay, we are Christians, so we must stay winning. Okay, we can't let the enemy come and make a mess of our lives because of, you know, life happening. God is always there to help us, you know, get back on track, no matter how bad things may be. Okay, so the truth is you can choose to look at depression as a medical condition, okay, or an evil attack from the enemy. There are medications that claim to cure depression or attempt to cure depression. Uh, I was watching CNN one time, the news channel, with my husband, and I saw this advert for a drug that helps or cures depression. I was like, really? And then I kept watching because I knew the side effects would be ridiculous. Okay, and then one of the side effects was increased mood swings and also death. And I'm like, so you want to help people cure depression, but then it can at the same time possibly kill you? What other side effects would, could possibly come out of such a drug? I'm like, God have mercy. But anyways, you can see it as a medical condition or you can see it as an attack of the enemy, which it truly is. And send that thing back to sender. I have been depression free since the first time it happened. The first time was the last time. And I keep speaking and oh, yes, life has happened since then. The highs and the lows of life. And of course, depression tries to creep, to creep in again, but it will forever be sent back to sender. My mind, my body is no temple for the enemy. Don't mess with me, devil. You see me, you better run, okay? And that's the mindset I want to share with you guys today and encourage you to have because, guys, depression is a bully. 
And the enemy uses such things to bully the children of God. So are you going to allow yourself to be bullied by depression and by the enemy? I hope not. And you may be depressed because you don't have a man yet or that you don't have all the nice things your friends have. First of all, stop complaining and comparing, okay? You're just setting yourself up to be bullied by depression. No, you stand up to that bully called depression and you send it out. You have to start speaking the promises of God over your life until they happen. And you speak what you want to see because remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. In Genesis 1, it says God spoke things into creation and whatever he said, he saw the results. So as a child of God, the same applies for you as well. Like father, like child, whatever you say is what you will see. So speak life and see life, not death, because that is what you will see if you do speak death. Okay, and are you a wife and you keep speaking the wrong things into your husband's life, you know, or a husband and doing the same for your wife? that they're good for nothing, that they're stupid and saying all, all, for all forms and sorts of, ne of negativity. Perhaps it seems to you that they're not the way you see them because that is what you believe and speak out of your mouth. What words are you speaking into your spouse's life? It is very important. And as a single too, what words are you speak speaking into your future spouse's life? You have to bank those prayers now. For me, I've had to speak and I continue to speak. Is it anger? I speak that thing out. I remember when my husband and I were dating, we went to get food. And while I got there, I was uh, meant to order one thing, but I changed my mind. And man, my husband was so angry and I was so shocked. I'm like, oh, um, I didn't know at the time until we got into the car. Like he was really, really angry. And I don't mean when someone upsets you. That, that's just being human. I mean, anger, like temper, like where any little thing vexes you. And I was like, really? Anyways, but I told, I, I told I, we kind of worked it out that time. And I was like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me this, these things about this man you sent to me as my future husband, because then I know what tools to bring out. Okay. And so my husband went away to school because he was in school then went away to school. Uh, we were in different provinces. He came back, we got married and he would always say something that he was choleric. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what that word meant. I had to look it up on Google and saw it meant someone who is hot tempered. I was like, ah, okay now. Okay, honey. I'm like, first of all, you are not choleric. You are a child of God, a calm, loving dove of a husband. If God didn't make you choleric, then you are not choleric. And saying you're choleric is an excuse to not work on yourself. I could say this because I, 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 I knew God did not create anybody to be choleric. Certainly not my husband. And I sent that thing back to sender. And then I spoke to my husband. I reasoned with him by asking him, did God make you choleric? He said, no. I asked him again, did God make a defected product when he made you? He said, no. Then I asked, why then do you keep saying you're a choleric? And then he kept quiet with a stunned look. <laughs> I believe that day was the day the Holy Spirit, you know, worked on his mentality, was rewiring things, aka renovating his mind, because no husband of mine is choleric or whatever, that word is. And today you see my husband so calm, so playful, laughs. But this part of my husband was being held back by choleric what? No way. And I can tell you this. He hasn't used that word uh, choleric since then. I had to remind him the other day. And we had a, a, a huge laugh about it, you know, because he hasn't used, used that word since then. 
No, have I seen uh, seen a hot-tempered husband in my life? Never. You know, something that used to be a part of him only because he signed for it wrongly was gone with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because of my own, I did nothing. All I did was to speak the word of God. I spoke life and the Holy Spirit did what he had to do. So speak, woman, speak. You have the words to return anything not of God to return back to sender. And bro, same for you too. Don't forget your woman. Speak into her life as well. My husband will always pray for me and covers me with his prayers. I would run into him many times praying for me and uplifting me in prayers. So woman, speak life because the enemy is always after your marriage, whether you accept this truth or not. And issues or problems in your marriage are opportunities for growth. And you have to start seeing it that way. If not, the enemy will try to defeat you. Okay, when you see a problem, your first reaction should not be to get angry or to start acting out. Instead, observe you are a woman of great instinct, instinct and discernment. Use it. Observe. Okay, <laughs> remain calm, preserve your peace. Don't let things that happen, problems, etc. to shake your spirit. Remain calm, observe, because this way you can better understand and strategize, not letting any little problem disturb your peace. All problems or issues are not from the devil. Some of them are man-made, made by you, made by me, but the enemy just uses these problems to destroy things because most people don't see problems as opportunities for growth. So the enemy lets the problem just do its thing and wreak uh, enough havoc in our lives. So what is that behavioral trait that, you know, that thing about your spouse that you've been using against him or using against her, speaking negative words into your spouse's life, oh, you're good for nothing. That's why you always appear to be good for nothing, perhaps. How about you change your strategy and start using your mouth for good and speak life? Speak life into that man's life. You've told him he's good for nothing and he probably feels he's good for nothing to you. Brothers, speak life into your woman's life. Don't tell her she's also good for nothing because you're comparing her to someone else. Speak into her life. Invest life words into her and you will see her come to life. Because for me, God has said this marriage is going somewhere and he has set us on purpose. So whatever is trying to block the plan of God in my life, out in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay? But sis, if you don't have the word of life, the living word of God in you and on your tongue, it will be difficult to speak. Because if you speak life when you don't have the word, where are you speaking life from? And my single ladies, it is good, like I said before, to pray. Bank prayers, sp speak into your man's life before he comes. Okay? And Please note that if you're praying for a man that is calm, a man that is humble, a man that would watch his words and so on, God will give you what you desire. But please note that sometimes God will not bring that man with those things already done or present. You may need to grow through those things before you see some of the answers or results you prayed for. I'm telling you this so you don't say you married wrong or say the right man God has for you is the wrong one if it so happens that your man doesn't come with the very things you pray to God for. In my marriage, and even when we were dating, the Holy Spirit had showed me that I have been called to the marriage and, you know, the marriage ministry and the things I have prayed for, I'll have to, you know, I'll have them, but I, what am I saying? I'll say that again. <laughs> In my marriage, when we were dating, the Holy Spirit showed me that I have been called to the marriage and relationship ministry, okay? And that the things I had prayed for, I will have them, but I needed to work through some of them, okay, in order to see results. I guess the ones I had to grow through to gain the experience or solutions for where he's taking or where he was taking me to at the time. And why is that? Because that's how God prepares me 
to have a solution for those he has called me to. Now, if God gave me a finished man and I had to do nothing and just, you know, kept loving and just having good times with my husband and there was no growth whatsoever, how then will I have what to teach or share with you today or at any time? How then will I have what to, you know, give in terms of insight and inspiration or or just stories from my life that, that could help you and, you know, give victory in your own life? And doing those things, to be honest, I had to work, but then it did not feel like work. God had prepared me and my mindset because those problems were all opportunities for growth in my marriage. And with opportunities always come solutions. So over to you. Take a look at your life and identify what needs to return to sender and start speaking life because you are a child of God and your body is a temple of God. Don't take ownership of depression anymore. God has a beautiful future in store for you. If I didn't return depression back to sender, I wouldn't be here speaking to you today from my place of purpose. If I didn't return any wrong mindset and character, wrong character back to sender, that is the enemy being the sender, and I continue to do so, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a marriage right now that I am overly enjoying today. And I pray that even as you carry out steps to return every wrong thing back to send out anything that is not of God. I pray that you'll experience victory in every area of your life and marriage in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you as you return back to send out anything that is not of Christ and we'll see you next week. Remain blessed. God bless you, and I'm sure this message has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. Please like, subscribe, share, leave a comment to let me know how you've been blessed by this message. Or if you would like to email us, you can do so by writing to us at info at walkinginpurpose.ca. Also, don't forget to follow our page on Instagram at Walking in Purpose Podcast and also share with as many as the Holy Spirit leads you to share with. God bless you and I'll see you next week.